What is good, everybody? We are back with the always promised second episode of the week. It is finally here, episode six. Uh, it feels great to be here uh, twice for the first time. North, how you feeling? Oh, I'm, I'm ready. It's it's the first time we've actually done it. We held our word a little bit, so that's kind of a nice step forward, I think. Exactly. It does feel good to finally get in here twice this week. Um, really had to get in here today because last night was fucking nuts. Well, we got popcorn, spit. Yeah. What else did we get last night? Uh, the chance. I mean, people were bitching about the chance. Oh, I, I was all about the chance. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I'm not. The creativity there by the Knicks fans. I mean, just it, print out flyers for 20,000 people, which also brings up another point for me. When did COVID go away like this? I mean, I think, I don't know, but uh, it just kind of seems like it disappeared. Like it's done. I guess a lot of New York is vaccinated now. And well, most you, of the you, you can, be, you can be vaccinated without even being vaccinated. I've been doing that for the last three weeks. Yeah, that is true. You can just be like, hey, sir, are you vaccinated? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. No one I'm, asks I'm you there. to see the card. Um, but, you know, I I love the chants. I think the chants are awesome. I saw a lot of stuff online about like, oh, these are corny. These are so childish. Go back to high school. Like, I love the Premier League and I strictly love the Premier League. Like, one of my favorite things about it is the chants. I love how they just talk shit on the players on the court. Like, you're out there. It's an entertainment. If people want to fucking chant and talk shit on you like that that should be allowed like i i love the chance now the popcorn throwing and the spit that's too far don't need any of that but i love the fucking chance no i don't need any of that but i also love the uh presser that russ had after each if that happened anywhere else besides the gym and that's why i agree i, I think that's kind of garbage you know really when you think about it you should not be throwing something unless you're ready to get your hands up yeah and that, that other thing like i mean i don't think anyone should be throwing popcorn on people but i mean russ seems to have done this multiple times where like something happens to him and he just like flips the fuck out just like i mean you get popcorn dumped on you be like yo what the fuck just happened but then i'd just be like keep walking to the locker room like i wouldn't freak out like that but uh, that doesn't make it okay i mean it was fucking stupid that dude's a piece of shit he is but also i think russ likes it when when he knows the cameras are on him to throw a little bit more of a fit yeah that's what he does yeah um i mean what do you uh i love the nets i mean the nets are really looking unstoppable joe if joe harris is dropping 25 a night they're gonna be untouchable um i am a little bit afraid of the bucks though the bucks are looking really fucking good too i think the bucks are gonna take tonight i think they're minus one tonight i think um i didn't realize i guess i forgot that they were knocked out by the heat last year yeah I, i think um between Giannis and chris middleton i think they're kind of going out for a vengeance here the addition of drew holiday is really starting to show um jimmy butler where have you been yeah i mean he i haven't i mean i haven't watched too much of the buck series uh only caught a couple glimpses but every time i watch it i'm not really seeing much of jimmy butler out there jimmy butler at 10 in game two i mean people are calling for him like how eight uh, people were calling for ad with the lakers yeah. he's got to show up tonight i think his uh prop tonight is 24 and a half i love that over that seems like a guarantee i'm on i'm on the other side of it i love the under really i I think he's done this series i i think you know if this if there's any game that they're going to be fighting like tooth and nail it's gonna be this one if they if they lose this one they're gonna roll over so i think tonight um i do think the bucks are gonna win tonight just because i think they are a more talented team and better and i think they want to sweep the heat which i think they might end up doing um I think that Jimmy Butler is going to have a very good performance this evening. Yeah, on the, on the last podcast, I said uh, it would go to six. I think we both said six. I, I think I want to re- retract that statement and, and now go to five. Five at most. At most. At I don't most. think I don't think it comes out back to Miami after these two games. No, I think if if they win tonight, if the Bucks win tonight, 
this is going to be the Heat's. Like, they're going to put out every ounce of energy into this game tonight. If they win tonight, they're rolling over. Well, it's also a little bit of Coach uh, Spolstra, too, though. He's quit playing some of the players that have brought them to this point. I mean, Tyler Hero played like 17 or 18 minutes last game. I he's mean, been bad all year, though. He's been fine all year. I, th- I think that, in my opinion, they, they need to run with who's brought them there, not Kendrick Nunn, who is really nothing. He can't shoot the ball. Yeah. He really is sh- too short. I think. The thing about the Bucks is they're too big. Like Drew Holiday's their smallest player on the floor at six three, and he's got arms down to his knees. Yeah. Um, the Knicks, I mean, they're looking all right. They take some really bad shot selections as the game goes down the wire. I was watching it last night. It was a whole bunch of ISO ball. Luckily, the Hawks couldn't score very much either. Um, but that Garden man, I mean, that actually gave me chills last night when they went on that thirty to eight run and they went up ten. That's like right when I started to flip it on. Because I was just really pissed that they were getting their ass beat, um, the the knit, the crowd was just going crazy, and I actually got like chills down my spine. I was like, "Holy shit! It feels good to have like fans back in the stadium." The fans back was incredible, but also I think the other thing that was awesome was just watching that run. Because I was I was in the car, I looked looked at my phone. They're down thirteen and a half. I'm like, "Oh shit! Here we go again. Yeah. Here goes seventy five dollars." But turn it on, get back home, and we get that run going. And once we took the lead, once I think it was 72-70, to 70, I, I was like, we're good. Reggie Bullock hit a three. And when he's hitting threes, man, I don't know what he's doing with his hair. Yeah. But that's got to go. doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Uh, I mean, Trey Young, the Hawks are completely different when he's on the court. He sat for like those five minutes when they went on that 30-8 to eight run. Then he comes back out on the court immediately. It's like a tie ball game again. He's unreal. But I'm hoping that. Julius Randle can start playing like to how he was playing all year. Well, that third that third quarter was his quarter. Yeah, I mean, he, he looked really good. In the yeah, third he quarter. played well. Fourth quarter again, those ISO shots. He took a couple deep ISO threes where I'm like, you can get a much better shot than this. But I mean, that's just some simple things, just some coaching type I, stuff. I think the last thing the Knicks need to do to be able to take this series, which we both have the Knicks, so we really want to see them take yeah. this series. Um, I actually got them after they lost Game One. Um, for a unit so it was like plus 210 on the series it, price yeah i like kind, that kind of finding some value there but the last thing coach tibbs needs to do for him is put elford payton at the very end of the bench maybe not even let him dress and just <laughs> let d rose play 48 minutes yeah d rose i mean you'd never want to see him get hurt but he is looking really really good this year really i love watching him play too it's just it's, it's a completely different style than he used to play with he's not that flashy player that he used to be but he just makes all the right decisions he's so like intellectually smart about he, the game he's like the old guy at the ymca now yeah just mr fundamental i'm gonna get to exactly where i want to and then i'm gonna make a shot and you're just like wow yeah you're he's kind of done he's kind of done what lebron's done and like what a lot of the guys that get older and stay like relevant in the league do where they just realize like i can't run up and down the court but i'll just pick and choose my spots and he knows exactly where to attack last thing about that series i want to i want to bring up is what, what about coach tibbs basically bringing back his whole old bulls team like i know taj like i didn't even know taj gibson was still in the fucking league and that dude's running around on the quarter is that it's him right yeah Yeah. like can we we get joe kim no out there too please yeah maybe some kirk heinrichs (laughs) um the jazz i I have the jazz making the finals um i'm a little worried about that after they lost game one i was hoping to see like a clean sweep even like a win without donovan mitchell would have made me feel real good but i still think they're gonna win the series 4-1 um i thought i thought the jazz looked really good last night um Memphis is good. Memphis is probably them and the Mavs are my two up and coming Western Conference teams. I know the Suns are young, but they have CP3, so they've already arrived. Yeah. But those two teams, I think, are going to be really good. John Morant's a stud, 47 last night on the road at Utah. I mean, I think he's going to continue to be a problem all series. I don't know how you're really going to stop him. Um, Dylan Brooks has actually gotten better, too. So I think it's going to be, I think it could be a, 
a scratch it out, claw it out type of uh, series, maybe six or seven, actually. I don't think it's going to touch seven. I think six at the most. I mean, I just think at, at some point the Jazz overall talent as a team is going to end up taking over. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, they shot the lights out of the ball last night. The first quarter, I wish I would, take, would have taken the first quarter. I had the first half last night. Yeah, I mean, didn't they win the first half by 22, though? They won by like 13 or 14, and then um, the Grizzlies came back um, in the third quarter. Yeah. And I almost hit another live bet, but I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, NHL, I feel really, really good about our predictions for not for admitting that we don't watch much. And, you know, I know we took chalk. I, I Colorado, they're fucking unbelievable. Watched every Blues game. They're just, they're so fast. And the Wild and Vegas are causing so many problems over there that in that seven game series that like I think by the time Colorado plays them, they're going to be a little bit more beaten up. Now it will be interesting to see how like this really long break does for Colorado. I don't think it's going to affect them. They're too good of a team to have this type of break affect them. Um, I think they're going to fuck up the Wild if the Wild somehow win tonight. Uh, they'll definitely beat Vegas in six though. So I love Colorado making the Western Conference Finals. I like that pick too. The only thing I agree is that layoff, but the layoff really in most of these series only lasts for a game or two. And so the schedule has been like so compacted in the end of the season right now that they've been playing so many games for such a long time that it, I think that this break will be much more helpful than it is usually in the playoffs. Yeah, again from like our la- our last uh time we recorded was talking about how this is kind of one of their last years together um with the cap and everything. So I think that they're kind of out there looking to um take advantage of this uh, opportunity and, and get to the Western conference finals. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the Oilers, they are a whole bunch of frauds, kind of like the angels of the NHL. I mean, you have two of the best young players in hockey. I mean, yeah, you made the finals or the playoffs, but you get swept by the jets embarrassingly swept, let up a four, one lead in one of the games. I mean, I don't, there's not much else to say about the Oilers. Um, I mean, Connor McDavid's got to be, pretty fucking upset right now he's made he's gotten knocked out in the first round two years in a row now lost to the blackhawks last year who were a much worse team now losing to the jets who are a much worse team um either they got to make some changes or he might be asking for a way out here pretty soon i don't think so though to me though i think hockey and just watching a, a little bit of it and then starting to keep up with it a little bit more now um is the one sport where you can't have just one star you have to have three, four great lines, and they all need to be playing at a high level. Yeah, I mean... Because you, your best player is only playing 20 minutes on the ice a game exactly. at most. So I, I think it's a little... It's it's similar to the Angels, but it's different because you need a better, well-rounded team. I mean, in baseball, you do too, though. You only got... I mean, Trout only bats three to four times a game. So, I mean, even if he hits two home runs and they're both solos, that can't win you a game if the other team is completely lined up with a good lineup. I mean, you see what the Rays do. They just have consistency through the lineup. That helps a lot more than just having two superstars. Yep. The athletics too. Some some uh, a team like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, the other the other series I'm still watching right now is the Predators Canes. Um I have the Canes tonight at minus one forty. Um I think they take care of business tonight, but I wouldn't be surprised if that goes seven. Yeah, I do think uh, I like the Canes tonight as well, but I do think that watching the Canes struggle with this series has made me realize that the Lightning are gonna walk probably right through them. Um, or if they somehow end up playing the Predators, they'll definitely walk through the Predators. They just have so much more talent like everywhere around the ice that I think the Lightning are going to be walking through into the Eastern Conference Finals no matter what. Um, I'm very excited for the Boston versus Islanders series, though, that I think will be end up being the closest second-round matchup. I think they match up pretty well against each other. 
I love watching the Islanders play. I'd like to see the Islanders make the Eastern Conference Finals and beat Boston. Um, they'll definitely lose to the Lightning as well. I think they lost to the Lightning in the Eastern Conference Finals last year too. So I do think a rematch would be pretty cool to see. Yeah, the only thing that I'm, I'd be excited to see about that series, honestly, would be the two electric fan bases. Again, you have another New, New York City team and then Boston, two two cities that really do hate each other. That would actually be really fun to see as well. I think that would be ex- extremely exciting. Thing about the NHL, uh, let's. I'm just really hoping that the Maple Leafs make it to the Western Conference Finals. I think it'd be really good for hockey. The Maple Leafs are a cornerstone of the hockey and I think that them making it would just be, it would definitely bring up the ratings. I would love to see a Maple Leafs Colorado Avalanche uh, Western Conference Finals and then a Boston versus Islanders West or Boston versus uh, Lightning Western Conference or Eastern Conference Finals. I think that would be pretty exciting as well. Or the Islanders versus uh, the Lightning, no matter what. So I think the NHL is looking in a really good place right now for their playoffs. And I think that they're going to really have some good ratings here coming up with the teams that are making it through. Uh, let's move over to golf real fast. Big news in the match. It is Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson versus Aaron Rodgers and Bryson DeChambeau. I'm so excited. Tom Brady went absolutely nuts on Twitter yesterday, just fucking shoving everything down Aaron Rodgers' fucking throat talking shit about them not going for it, just saying, like, it, it was just amazing. I love whenever Tom goes a little crazy on Twitter. Well, you you, you got to think that the two of those two, um, Mickelson and, and Brady, they got to be feeling pretty confident. They, they've they played together now, what, this is the second or third time Yeah, this now? is the second time now. And, and the first time, Brady kind of looked like he kind of knew how to swing a golf club. Yeah, he struggled for the first, like, six or seven holes. I think that was honestly just a little nerves. I mean, even when you're a professional athlete, when you do something that you don't do professionally on a massive scale, when there's 10 million people watching you or whatever, it probably is pretty frightening. So I think he, he hit that like Eagle shot or that Eagle chip in, and then he started to play a little bit better. Well, and then, you, you know, Phil, you know, being 50 years old is going to be in Bryson's ear the whole time saying he hits bombs farther than him. Yeah. And I mean, I think I, I personally, I kind of like Bryson. I think he brings a good side to golf of just like someone that a lot of people can like kind of hate and like you can hate him or you can love him. It's fucking fun watching that man just swing like as hard as he fucking can. Like I love that out of his shoes. It's, it's, it's out of his shoes. Like you, you're just time. waiting for his knee to just like completely rip in half. Like I like he puts so much torque on that right knee every time he swings. It amazes me. Well, and then he, and then he does all his math mathematics or physics or whatever the fuck he does. Yeah. to figure out every shot after that. He he's kind of a nerd too. He's kind of he's kind of like built himself into this like massive nerd yeah about, about golf and then did you see after the tournament you saw like the brooks bryson thing do you see he posted on his instagram story of him lifting like 100 pound dumbbells yep just trying just trying to talk shit just yeah. trying to make sure he knows who's boss well yeah that was just that was incredible that was the worst form i've ever seen in my life it was kind of fucking funny <laughs> we, we need to see uh we need to see a match between brooks and and DeChambeau, I, I know think. that's what i was thinking i think it'd be better if it was like, even though Tom played with Phil and I'm sure they're probably pretty good buddies and that's why it is. I think if it was Tom and Brooks Kepka versus Rogers and Bryson, I think that would be a way better thing for golf. I think way more people would tune in because the shit talking between Brooks and Bryson on the golf course that day would be legendary. And I would love to hear those guys mic'd up that, or I would also love to see maybe add another team or two and play behind have four have four groups out there i think that would be something great to see yeah too. have like peyton play with i don't know 
I mean, Brooks or, you know, just like have four golfers and four celebrities, make it a little bit more interesting, more content. I just yeah. think the more people you bring out there, as long as they're on that level of like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and like those guys like stature and uh, like sports, I think it would be just better as long as they don't bring out like fucking Joe Flacco or something. Like I don't exactly. want to see him play. I, I would love to see Steph again. Steph kind of let me down the first time. He said he was like a one handicap and then went out there and didn't really look like he knew what he was doing. Yeah. I mean, he is a good golfer. He plays in that um, like celebrity thing. Tony Romo would be a great one. He's probably too good. That's probably why they haven't asked him, but apparently he's unreal golf. I, and like, I love he talks a little bit too much on the NFL broadcast, but I still kind of like listening to him talk. He does an all right job. Yeah. I mean, it's a hard job. There's never, you're never fully correct. Um, speaking of the NFL, massive news, Julio Jones. I mean, he already said he wanted to go get uh, out of there. Do you think that call was set up or do you think it was? I, I think it was hundred percent set up. He knows that we're getting to the point now. We're about a month out from training camp and then they're going to start having to make decisions and they need to start. He needs to start making a move on figuring out where he's going to play next. Um, there's, there's four obvious destinations for me with him. The first mm-hmm. obviously being uh, green Bay. I'd love to see him in green Bay. Keep Aaron Rodgers there. I mean, that's a, that's an easy decision. Aaron Rodgers has no interest in coming back right now. Yes. You trade a second and a third or a first and a third to the Falcons and you just get Julio Jones. You, maybe. Could, you could give him Jordan love too, as because they don't have a succession plan to, to Matt Ryan. No, but I don't even think you have to give them Jordan Love. I think if you give them a first and third, they'll just be happy to get rid of that contract. They have such contract issues right now. They're gonna they're forced to get rid of them at this point, and that phone call makes them even less valuable now. The other the other uh, destination I really like would be him going to the Ravens. I, I think Lamar Jackson is in dire need of help, I, and I would love to see if he had two legitimate pass catchers and a slot receiver to see what he could really do. Yeah, I mean, if they had Hollywood Brown, Mark Andrews. Uh, they just drafted Rashad Bateman and Julio. I mean, you went from basically having no wide receiver core last year to probably having like a top seven to eight wide receiver core in the league at that point. Yep. And then the other team, and I know you'll love this, is I, I think New England would be interesting to see him go there. New England would be awesome. Um, I mean, Mac Jones is not going to play this year, even though I'd love to see him play. That playbook is really hard to learn. And I just, I, I mean, unless they simplified it, I don't see him catching the field unless Cam Newton gets hurt, which is definitely reasonable. He gets hurt every year now. Uh, so it just seems like a Bill Belichick move though to me. Yeah, I I do think they that they are definitely a very capable destination for him, but if Cam's still the quarterback, I mean, you can have the best wide receiver in the world and if they can't throw it within a 5-yard radius cuz their shoulder's shot, it doesn't really matter. Exactly. And then the last place I'd love to I'd love to see Julio go, but I don't think he will go there is the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, the Titans, I uh, I love that as well. I think he'd be a great I mean, A.J. Brown loves Julio, um, wears his number. I'm pretty sure, yeah, he wears 11. I'm like 99% sure. Do you think he gives up his number? Yeah, I think he already said he would if Julio came. Oh, so it's already been talked about. Yeah, it's already been talked about. I think he said that Julio would. I mean, and then they lost Jonu Smith last year. So, I mean, that was a tight end, but he's kind of more of a receiving tight end anyways. So that solves that issue. Um, And I, I, I love Tennessee. I love Mike Vrabel, obviously a former Patriot, won a couple Super Bowls with us, caught a Super Bowl pass. Uh, for a touchdown from Brady so I'll, I'll always love Mike Variable. it's always something that interests me about these trades though are most NFC teams or NFC teams will not trade to another NFC team but they'll go to the AFC they always go cross conference really yeah yeah so, you, well just because you don't want to you don't want to see him uh nearly as often so if you put him over in the AFC that's like your least likely chance of seeing him you only see him like once every four years so I think that's the reasoning behind that yeah I, I think within 
by the end of June, I think we should hear that he will be somewhere different. I think he's going to start really pressing the issue. And you don't want Julio Jones just sitting on your bench, not playing yeah, with, I, with nothing in return. His, I mean, he's not allowed to be traded until June 2nd officially. I mean, they can make like an agreement on a trade, but he's technically not allowed to be traded until next Wednesday anyways. So um, if there was anything that's happening, I expect it to probably ha- I think it's going to happen probably as soon as he's able to be traded. I think a team's going to be, I mean, teams are already making calls. There's already been reports today that multiple teams have come with first round draft pick offers. And so they're just going to be choosing from whichever one they want. If a bad team, like say Jacksonville offers a first round or like a second and a third round draft pick, I could see them taking like that. Um, You know, I I wouldn't hate that. I I wouldn't hate that. I actually kind of think Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence might surprise some people this year and win a couple games. They're not supposed to. I do think that they're going to win a couple games this year. And I do think that having Julio would obviously help that, but at the same time, they'll they, it would be a real gut shot to Julio who says, I just want to be – and like he's done everything for Atlanta and for them to just like shove him onto the Jacksonville Jaguars would be so disrespectful. If there's one thing we've learned, though. These owners don't give a fuck about any of that shit. Yeah. Also, another destination. I mean, there's millions of dollars over the cap, but I'm sure they could find a way to make it work. The Rams, you can never count them out with Sean McVay. That dude trades for everyone and anyone who's available – and you know he'll give a. I mean, he has already given away every first round draft pick he's ever had as a coach, plus like the next four years. So maybe you see like their twenty twenty five and twenty twenty six first round draft picks go to Atlanta. I could see that. I, I just don't. I don't know why Atlanta would take something like that though. Yeah, I mean, I would. I don't know either, but you never know. Um, now one quick pick. This does not start until June thirteenth, um, but I just want to get out there while my brain was on it today. I was looking at a little tennis. Seeing what the grant the nearest Grand Slam was, uh, French Open is coming up. Starts June thirteenth. Rafael Nadal minus one twenty five. Again, Rafael Nadal minus one twenty five. Record on clay four hundred forty one and forty in the finals. He's sixty two and eight. This is this is easy money. I mean, they put this out there. It's the beginning of the tournament. This is the only time you're gonna get it. After he wins his first game or two, he's gonna be minus five hundred. Just take him. I mean. It's it, he's not going to lose. He already lost one tournament in the finals on clay this year. He's not going to lose a second tournament on clay in the finals this year. He's going to win this tournament. No one touches him on it. It's the most dominant sport. Like it's the most dominant thing anyone's ever done in a single sport is Rafael Nadal on clay. It's un, it's unbelievable. I might be taking it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure. I, I got, I got to go look. I'm starting work. I'm going to be getting paychecks. I'm going to be taking those paychecks and those paychecks. I mean, making paychecks because I'm taking Rafael Nadal with all that minus 125. How many uh, other tennis players play in this tournament? I, there's a lot. It's a grand slam, but he doesn't play till like the fourth round because he's like, it, it's like weirdly set up. Like the top players don't play in the beginning. There's like qualifying round. It's it's weird. A lot of different playing matches. And yeah, stuff. there's like playing matches to play the top guys, kind of like how there's like the playing games in the NCAA tournament, but so, there's like way more rounds. How many matches does he have to win? five or six out if i had to assume maybe four four to six matches but like i said the first two to three matches that he plays are going to be straight sets sweeps and then when he starts to play Djokovic or one of like the top five guys then you might sweat out for a second but usually he dominates those guys too will those be one of those uh waking cash type of moments like where i throw that throw it at like 10 o'clock at night go to bed and then i wake up in the morning and i, I see i cash some money well it is going to be late but if you throw this it's going to be like you throw 250 dollars on rafael nadal the tournament lasts like two weeks you kind of forget about it you open up the phone rafael nadal's in the finals and he won straight sets six two six one six zero 
That's pretty dominant. I'm, uh, he's got to at least drop one set, right? No, no, he's not going to. He may not drop a set in the whole tournament. All right, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, after this hype up, he'll probably fucking somehow lose like his earliest knockout ever in the tournament. I don't think he's ever been knocked out before the quarterfinals. Um, I'd have to double check on that, but I'm like 90% sure on that one. Uh, the little parlay. I want to give out a little Friday parlay for the MLB. I don't even know the lines yet. I'm only knowing the pitchers. I just want to give this out because I don't want to give out a game tonight and then no one listens in time for it. Milwaukee, White Sox, Braves, Padres. Not going to say much else about it. I know Ian Anderson and Brett Anderson are both pitching uh, for the Braves in Milwaukee. The Padres play. Um, shit, who do the Padres play? They play someone pretty fucking good. Got to call the stats guy. Got to call the Padres play Houston. Uh, Fernando Valdez is having his first game of the season. Left-handed pitcher. Padres hit lefties pretty well. Uh, very much like uh, the Padres on that one. And then the White Sox are going to be like minus 250 against whoever the fuck they play that night because they're terrible. So, White Sox. Well, I have I have uh, two series prices I'd like to give out uh, for the weekend. Um, the first one would be the Cardinals minus 145 against the D-backs. They play a four-game series, but only the first three count. Um, I like them taking at least two of the first three. They're on the road. They play tonight at 850. Um, reason's pretty simple. They just played both the Chicago teams. They went two and four. They kind of need to turn this around here. They kind of need a series. I think this is one of those series as a veteran team, you're expected to come out and at least get two of the first three, hopefully try to get all three. Maybe you get the fourth too. My other, uh, series prop that I really like for the weekend is the giants as dogs against the Dodgers. I also like that one as well. Uh, very much plus one fifty. I'm very much like that. I just like it for the value. I might take the Giants every night on the money line as well, just because the Dodgers. When you take the Dodgers, they're always heavily priced. You're always going to end up losing more than you win when you take them straight up on a money line. You need to take their run line. Um, I think the Giants are playing good baseball. They just had a really nice comeback win last night. Actually, cashed really nice on a plus five hundred uh, money line with that live yeah, bet. I uh, I keep. I keep seeing like I or I keep I think on the last podcast I was saying I think the Giants are gonna sooner or later fall apart and they just uh they keep winning ball games. Now it's still only fifty games into the season, but if they get to like the eighty game mark and they're I mean they're thirty and nineteen right now, if they're like fifty something and thirty something, like I, I think you just gotta accept the fact they're a good baseball team. I think they are a good baseball team. I, I it's weird seeing Buster Posey with gray hair because I remember when he looked really young and was yeah, just coming in the league. Exactly, but he still knows how to swing the bat. He uh, is a good team leader for him. Rostremski is a great leadoff man. He's not hitting the ball that well this year, but when you watch him, he takes five, six, seven pitches every at bat, makes pitchers work. Their other guys down the order are all coming along, all starting to kind of believe. I really like the Giants. I think the Giants might take this uh, this series this weekend. Yeah. Um, final topic of the day. We're getting into a little soccer. I don't think we've ever talked any soccer on the pod before. Um, Arsenal just had a heartbreaking loss this weekend. That just kind of brought it back up to me. Um, they were looking like they were going to maybe make the Europa qualifying. Then Tottenham scores like three goals unanswered against Leicester city. Leicester city gets bounced from champions league. Uh, Tottenham goes back above Arsenal and takes the last Europa spot. Just for clarification, you are a gunner, right? I am a gunner. Ride or die. 
Terry Henry, favorite soccer player of all time. Not a bad pick. I've I've really struggled with my year with my uh, English Premier League team. I, I can't figure it out. I sometimes I like Chelsea, sometimes I like Tottenham. Sometimes yeah, you're you're a newer fan to soccer. I, I'm kind of a floater. The only team that I really can settle that in on is RB Leipzig. I think they're unreal. I think they just pay their way to be good, and I think that's so cool. Yeah, I like. I'm a big RB Leipzig guy as well. They also I like how they they have the Red Bulls over here, and the, the Red Bulls are kind of like their feeder team. They bring over anyone that plays good over here and put them on their actual team. So that's always fun to watch. Um, but for the Champions League final, Chelsea versus Man City, uh, interesting little little tidbit here for you. Might change your mind. Last time Chelsea won the Champions League, guess who beat them at home in uh, the Premier League? I'm going to take a wild guess here and say City. Arsenal beat them at home in the Premier League. Then they have not beaten them at Chelsea until this year where they also beat them at home in the Premier League only a couple weeks ago, and now Chelsea's back in the Champions League finals. Just maybe a coincidence, but these are the types of things that, like, as a gambler, they get into my head. I'm fucking taking Chelsea plus 355. Mm. And I'm taking Chelsea plus 185, OT included. And how about you take the draw, too, and really start raking some coin? No, I'm not taking the draw. There was already... I wanted to take the 1-1 draw in the Europa League final. Um... Didn't end up saying anything about it. Didn't end up doing it. But I love, I love, I think there's definitely going to be a straight up winner in this game. I don't think that both the champion or both the finals are going to uh, overtime. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to bring up yesterday's final though. Man, you 11 to 10 in shootouts and it's De Gea who can't put one in as the goalie. That just it bro- broke my heart. I had a decent amount of money on, on Man U and, um, <laughs> They just really let me down. But yeah, I thought Villarreal was going to take that one. Emery's just such a good coach. Yeah, he is so good. But and but, Arsenal fucking fired him and hired Arteta's dumbass. I it's just. But com- coming back to the game on uh, is it Saturday or Sunday? It's on Saturday. So coming back to that game, I'm really excited to see what's going to happen. Um, I think City is the better team. I think City has shown all year that they, that this is what they've wanted. They had a chance to win every single cup that they entered this year. They won the Premier League this year. Um, they've also lost to Chelsea the last two games. They lost in the FA Cup and they lost in the last one of the last weeks of the Premier League. That last loss was kind of um, voided though because both teams didn't play their best eleven. They kind of it was just kind of a filler game for both teams. They were in Champions League play. They both were kind of in a spot where they were going to stay in the Champions League from the pre- Premier League. Um, so that game you can't really count. The FA Cup one is obviously not as important of a cup. This is the biggest thing in the whole world. Um, I think it's going to be a really interesting game. I have City minus 125, and then I'm also going to take the draw at plus 240. Um, I'm not going to do anything with OTR regulation because, like you said, I think it's going to be done in 90 minutes. Um, I think it might be a 2-1, 3-1 type of game. That's what I was going to say. Speaking on the over-under, it's hard for me to really decide here because these games are played – with so much caution usually because like no one wants to make the first mistake. So you're always looking to just like you're looking for your chances, but you never want to get caught on a counter. So they play so far back. But I mean, City just presses so hard at all times that like I just I, I can't see them playing like a sit back style. And I think they're going to have to score at least one goal, probably. I mean, so if Chelsea's winning, they're going to be winning two one probably. And the, it's the over. But if City wins, I also think it might be the over because I think City could win this game 3-0. I think there's going to be a goal within the first 30 minutes, the first half hour, just because 
like you said, City's going to press and either Chelsea's going to make a mistake or they're also good enough on the front foot that if they can get through, they got guys that can finish on the backside that I think will get them at least one goal. Yeah, if City doesn't press, I think you could definitely see this game being like a a uh, like 1-1-0-0 going into extra time type game because if they're not pressing, I could see Chelsea being very much okay with just being like, hey, we'll boot this ball back and forth and take this thing down to penalty kicks. I just I also think it's really interesting though that it's just two English teams. This is I mean it's the, the second the, time in three years now it's been two English teams. It was Liverpool versus Tottenham a couple years ago. Uh, it definitely can't be good for the ratings worldwide, I would assume. Um, but I mean I'm sure still almost everyone watches it. But I'm sure like Spain and all those teams are probably fucking pissed. It's just two English teams again. Yeah, that's like when it's that'd be like if the Mets and the Yankees played in the. Uh, MLB or the World yeah, Series, the World like Series. you'd be fucking pissed. I wouldn't want to watch that. That's well, just New York. We still watch when it's the Dodgers and the Yankees. We still watch when yeah. it's the Dodgers and the Astros. Exactly. So we'll see. Um, I'm pretty excited about it. Last question though: Do you think we'll see an American in the finals? Um, I mean, I do think Pulisic will probably scratch maybe like a late sub if he's not starting. But I mean, it will. I would imagine he's starting. Is he not? It depends. They they, they switch it up sometimes. I, I think Mount obviously has a spot up there. I think. Um, It'll be interesting to see what they do with Havertz, but I would love to see uh, Pulisic start. I don't think he's going to. I think he's going to come off and maybe get on about the 70th minute. Yeah, that's what I would assume. If he's if he's not starting, I definitely think he'll catch some time because, I mean, he's just he has the injury problems, but he is very talented. I mean, you can't deny the kid's just extremely talented with the soccer ball. Very talented, but like I said, cash out your checks. Go and take Man City. I'd take him as your max unit play. Just go ahead and take it. I just said it, so you might want to take Chelsea. But um, that's where I'm going to be this weekend. I'm all over Man City. Yeah, we are fading each other, and we haven't really faded each other too much on the podcast. Um, my last thing: save your checks. Don't even use them this week. Save them next week too. Maybe the week after. Take that fucking fifteen hundred dollars or whatever, and shove it all in on Rafael Nadal. He is going to walk through it, and in two and a half weeks after that, you can just shoot me a text being like, "Hey, thanks for Rafael Nadal." <laughs> And that should do it. We will be back on either Sunday or Monday with Episode 7. It's always a blast.